you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 19 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, Bob Chichinsky. Your co-host and your other co-host finally back from his long, I don't know, luxurious, not really, because it was filled with work break. <laughs> How's it going, dog? Welcome back, man. It's going pretty good. Did you uh, succeed in the the world, the real world? Yes, I did. That's good, man. That's good. Always real world first, then Tamriel, unfortunately. Definitely an unfortunate outcome, but hey, no way it happens. Alright, so this week we have for you guys our last episode before uh, all the Greymore craziness truly happens. And we thought, what better to bring you guys than some information on something you might be going to do, or maybe even try for the first time when Greymore happens. And that is an arena, because they're bringing about perfected weapons to these old arenas and allowing the weapons that used to be only earnable on vet to be, like, gained from normal. So that's really awesome, and we want to make sure everyone has a good grasp of this arena going in. And we're going to talk about Dragonstar Arena, the very first one, first four-man arena or any really arena type to be put into the game. And we are definitely excited to talk to you guys about that this week. Yes, yeah, so what arena are we going to be going over this week? The Dragon Star Arena, dog. Alright, but now hear me out. What if a dragon circle shows up? Well, I guess that would cause a dragon break. Like, I get why they don't want dragon squares to show up, because they aren't cool, but dragon circles and triangles and other shapes should be allowed in, too. (laughs) Oh, God, this is going to be a long episode. (laughs) So, yeah, there you go. Welcome back, dog, pretty much. Welcome back to the land of puns. So, we're going to start, you know, our show as always. We have some news for you guys. Uh... There is not a lot straight up in Tamriel this week, but there is, um, you know, some news on the dogged front. Yeah, so, well, I'm back, obviously. I was at, you know, work and school. And then, you know, the last two episodes were didn't have enough puns, so be prepared for a lot more puns in this episode to make up for it. Oh, God. Or then by next episode, I'll have a small army that is loyal to me inside of Tamriel. So you can definitely check this out on Twitter. So you can find us on at, at dogbar24 or at Red Diamond Cast. <laughs> I, I think I want to know, but I'm not even sure. Oh, <laughs> it'll be great. It, it'll, it's definitely worth the fight look. So fair enough, fair enough. Um, I see you also have some uh, luxury vendor stuff going on here. Oh yeah, this week has the most amazing uh, luxury vendors items this week. Last week was pretty good, but not as good as this week. Uh, so they have uh, death items, more death and pain items this week. So you can check out blood bandages, a body cage, burned corpses, an iron spiked gate, a torture rack. An Orcish Burial Urn, and then my favorite, but this is an expensive price of 100k, but it's worth the 100k compared to that, you know, very nice greenhouse that Bob bought. And this is the Torture Wheel. And get this, it spins with corpses on it. (laughs) Oh god, dog, sometimes you you scared little kids. (laughs) I mean, I think I might get four. Oh my god. Well, there you go. If you're listening to this episode live or the weekend it came out, you can rush over there and build your very own death room in your house, just like Dog has in his. No, I don't have a death room. I have a death ship. Ah, a whole ship. (laughs) Fair enough. 
All right, so yeah, like we said, not a lot going on in Tamriel. It's a slow news week because next week and for a lot of weeks after, hopefully we're going to have all kinds of news, all kinds of Greymore hype, and all kinds of fun stuff. I know that um, Zoss and Elder Scrolls like, recently announced, at least on Twitter, probably across all their social media stuff, they have like a full like stream team schedule for next week for the Greymore release. So that's pretty awesome. There's a lot of, you know, all your favorite Elder Scrolls stream team members are involved somewhere in there. So I would say go check that out. It seems pretty cool. I'm super excited. I am extra excited because I have been doing my due diligence, I would say, with Elder Scrolls Online, and I've gone, like, I don't know, I could say nuclear with how crazy it feels, but I've been leveling up tunes on every server, every platform, I finally got EU characters to 10 on PlayStation and PC, uh, spoiler alert, yes, we have those scores for you, and I also have been working on just PS4 and PC NA characters, and they're doing really well. I have a, I think, 20 or 21 on PS4, and a level 29 going to 30 very soon on the PC. So that's really cool, and I'm having a lot of fun leveling up over there. Honestly, a lot of dolmens for me, and, you know, random dungeons, battlegrounds, that kind of fun stuff. So, yeah, if you guys play over there and you see me running around, you can always be like, hey, I don't know why I'm doing this. I think I was really inspired by Zynode because he plays on all of them. And I always love how, like, during his streams, you could play, like, any possible server. I think that's really cool. And I want to be able to do that. Because I'm always like, man, I wish I could play with these people. But now I'll be able to. So, I think... It's it's going to be cool. And I will get to experience Greymore, you know, when it comes out next week. Because I may actually pay for it again. I haven't decided if I'm going to do it right off the bat. But I probably will, let's be honest. Crazy. Even Dog downloaded it on PC, so it's for real. Yep, I even created a few characters. Well, a lot more than a few, but that's for uh, the tweet next week. Oh, God. So this uh, kind of segues perfectly into our state of Cyrodiil. Because as I was saying, I got... I finally did it, guys. I got the characters to level 10. Both EU servers. Now we have all six. Great host. Big boy campaign. Server scores. We know... What faction is doing best across all platforms, all servers? Pretty freaking awesome. This is what I wanted since the start of our podcast. It was my biggest goal. And I don't know, maybe this isn't the craziest deal for anyone else, but this is super awesome for me. And I am going to just jump right into it because we have some, you know, some crazy scores to report this week. I'm not going to lie. Not a lot of DC leading, unfortunately. So as far as PC goes, there is only one day left if you're listening live. If you're listening, and this is on a Friday, so it's this weekend. And uh, if not, then you're probably going to be missing out. But it is coming right down to it. This is going to be the end of the, I guess, mainly May campaign for them. So, they are looking at AD leading with 89k, DC in second, 88k, and EP in third with 86k. And let me tell you, this is very close scores, especially for only one day left. I think I rounded the wrong way on that EP one. I'm pretty sure it was actually 87, too, because I was like, oh, they're all really close. And, um, yeah. It's very good over there. I applaud you guys on your competition, but DC, you really need to go past AD, and I will be watching. I'm going to make sure I see who wins this campaign, because I really hope it's DC, and I think it should be finishing Sunday night. 
But so that was NAAPC. As far as EU, we have Ebenhart packed in the lead, 82.5K. Old Mary Dominion in second with 78K. And the Daggerfall Covenant in third with 73K. And that's the same amount of time left on there. So go get in there and get your transmutes, guys, if you hear this in in time. <laughs> How are things going on Xbox, dog? All right. So in first for Xbox NA, we have EP with 43K. And second, we have AD with 40K. And then last, we have DC with 37K. And yes, I did round those to be more favorable for us. And still, it's not good. <laughs> All right. And then uh, for Xbox EU, we have in first AD with 58,500 on the dot. With Daggerfall Covenant, we have 31.7K. And then Evan Hart packed with 28,000 and then 007. So at least, you know, it wasn't the nice even 28,000, but at least they ended with a 007. So for PS4 NA, Lotus of Doom is still gracious enough to be sending us the scores, you know, so just in case I forget to check like I always do. Um, yeah, thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Evan Hart packed is leading on the NA side of things with 31K, AD in second with 29K, and DC bringing it up in last again with 27.5K. Come on, DC, get it together. PS4 EU, we're looking at EP once again leading, 35K, AD second, 28K, DC last, 26K. Now... I got to tell you guys, when I did this PS4 EU and PC EU characters, I was really hoping that, oh yeah, like adding two new, you know, campaigns, hopefully DC will be winning one or both. No, no, they're not. We're in last in both. What the heck? What are the odds of that, dog? Um, well, I'd say it's, uh. One in three for each faction. <laughs> Fair enough. But still, I mean, come on, man. DC, we should have been last. So that is going to wrap up our PvP and our news stuff for you guys. We wanted to make sure that uh, we were just kind of cruising through that and not taking too much time because we do have an action-packed episode for you guys with all the info you need for the Dragon Star Arena. Whether you've done it your first time or you just need a refresher because you're going for those perfected weapons, we are here to give you all the info you need. As always, there is um, all kinds of sites that we check info with and make sure we get numbers right. Um, I wanted to shout out, as always, Outcast and Zynode. Those guys are great, and they both have great uh, websites and guides and uh, all kinds of cool stuff. With that being said, welcome to the Dragon Star Arena, the longest freaking thing that is ever going to happen because, man, the people in there are long-winded. And there is a lot you guys could get out of this. It's a very fun trial. It's a cool thing to do with your friends. It's challenging on vet, you know, it like gets the blood pumping. Um, it's still doable, especially with a very good group and good communication, just like anything else. It is an earlier kind of thing. It's in Craglorin, so it came out before the game was even on console. And for on for console, it's always been like a test your metal kind of thing. Like people will b build up CP early on in the vet ranks, and I remember that. I can't even remember what it was, like Vet 3, Vet 5, people were doing um, Veteran uh, Dragon Star Arena, and they were getting the uh, weapons for PvP, and I remember that being the big thing in Hatteras, and I was like, oh man, this is crazy. And even back then, and it took me a while to even do it, but on normal, it's definitely doable, like a lot of things, and on Vet, it is a little bit complicated, 
uh, it could be just stuff hits hard, you know, so having a good party is always nice with good communication is a very, very, very key part of this, as with everything, guys. Communication, um, even in real life, like, the communication is going to get you where you need to go. So, yeah, anything you, you want to add just basic about about the whole generalization of Dragon Star Dog? Yeah, in that uh, beginning room, there's, like, a bunch of uh, NPCs, and you should definitely talk to them, see what they all say. They all say inter- interesting stuff, kind of, like, about the arenas, and, or I think one guy even taunts you, so. And he'd be like, yeah, well, I'm going to kill you, and then you'll kill him, and it'll <laughs> feel great. Yeah, hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So, why don't you uh, start us off with some of these sets that we could get and these are the five piece like normal kind of gear sets that you're going to get pieces of from the chest after each stage there are also the special weapon sets you get from the final thing and we're going to talk about those at the end so these are the five piece sets chess end of each stage all right so first off we have healer's habit that's the light armor uh healer set from it because of the name but uh yeah you get max magicka magic recovery spell damage and then the fifth piece passive gives you minor mending, which is 8% healing done at all times. And then I used to keep this set around in case I ever needed it or needed better healing. But then I learned that Templars get minor mending when they stand in their Purify, Rune Focus, or Ulti heal. So I never really needed it. And I always keep my Purify up now, so I have minor mending at all times. But outside of Templars, there isn't many ways to get minor mending. And so this is definitely a solid healing set, especially if you want to heal in PvP right now, because they are lowering the amount of healing you do, so by an additional 10%, so you get 8% back that way. Oh, that's true. Yeah, this could actually be a really good one for uh, for the healing in PvP with that new stuff coming out in Greymore. Yep, but heals are really broken right now and super strong, so you probably won't even need it if you're an actual healer, so. That's true. So what about the next one, Robes of Destruction? Alright, so you get Max Magicka, Spell Crit, Spell Damage, and then when you have a Destro Staff equipped, your Max Magicka is increased by 2400. This fifth piece is actually lower than the fifth piece of Crafty Elfeek, so this really isn't that good, especially when you, uh, if you have a wrestle staff or sword and shield on the back bar, you'll automatically lose that extra 2400 magicka. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I mean, a lot of PvE builds go for like two destro staffs. So, I mean, I could kind of see that working like that. But once again, only if you're doing the duo destro staffs for sure. The medium set is Archer's Mind. This will give you max stam, weapon crit, more weapon crit. And then its fifth piece is increases your crit damage by 5%. Or then increases your crit damage by an additional 10% when attacking from stealth or invisibility. And then the few good things about this is like it's uh, unnamed buff, so you get so you can pretty much stack this with other. Uh, all kinds of other crit stuff. I mean, major savagery and um, like the well, crit Mundus. Crit chance. Oh, so it'd be like the Shadow Mundus and stuff like that. Yeah, or the Templars. I think yeah, Templar Khajiit. They also get bonuses to crit damage. Oh, so yeah, like on a Khajiit Nightblade. And you use cloak a lot, and you just snipe people from stealth all the time. Then this might be something that you're looking forward to. Yeah, especially because it gives that extra uh, bit when it's from sneaker invisibility. So that's definitely a big part of it. But even then, it's like we're getting more crit resistance with the next patch, and crit resistance is always high on people in PvP. So it's a uh, yeah. It's definitely an interesting set, which you could probably work something out, but it'd be a little bit harder. Yeah. So for the heavy set, we have Footman's Fortune, and that's going to give you 1206 max health and then two 
things of 1487 armor, followed by a fifth piece that increases the amount of damage you can block by 8%. And I was actually talking with one of our guildies about this set recently when he's looking for uh, sets to put on his tank to take on these massive hard-hitting vet trial bosses. And he had a lot of ideas, but when this one came out, I was like, actually, that one looks really, really good. Like, it's definitely a forgettable one because it's so early on. And, I mean, you already, there's only so much mitigation and armor that you need. But I used to run Fortified Brass on my Dragon Knight. And I think that after that got nerfed, I never really changed anything. I think this might actually be something interesting to change that to, even though there's probably other better stuff like you know, Yolnikrin or whatever, but interesting to think about at least. All right, my man. So, uh, here we go. You step through the gates, uh, Dragon Star Arena here with all your friends. You want to take stage one dog or you want me to, you want me to take it? Uh, you can take it. All right. So, as you enter the Dragon Star Arena's first stage, you will immediately notice the spike traps all around the ground. Please do not step on these, as they will have huge large spikes come out and stab you, and you will be sad. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's like stepping on a Lego. If the Lego was a giant circle that, that launches spiked spikes up to stab your feet. <laughs> That's one way to look at it there, dog. So, the main thing for this stage is there's going to be uh, ads and the boss that put these huge healing circles. And the ads are the guardian ads. So, you're going to want to make sure you take those down really quick. These healing circles will heal all the enemies in it, and it's a drastic heal. You're going to make sure you get them out and take out the guardians quick. As far as for the ones with the bosses, you're going to want to make sure to like get the boss out of it immediately. Like it's, it's a ridiculous heal. So the boss will also spawn ads at 70% and 40% while you're fighting him. And there's going to be guardians in that as well. You want to make sure to focus the ad, Focus all the ads down. Start with the Guardian and then back to the boss. Make sure the tank is very aware of the circle coming down so he could drag the boss out of it immediately. But other than that, it's not too, too, too bad. This is, you know, the first stage, the first arena. Now, one thing about the bosses in these arenas, they all have some pretty... Awesome ultimates, and you're going to want to look out for those. In this one's case, he's going to be dropping that Donnie all over you guys the entire time. You're going to watch out for it. Cone in front of him. Crazy damage. Super Dawnbreaker. All right, moving on to stage two. When you enter this, this second stage, you feel your bones start to chill and see a freezing landscape ahead of you with three lit torches. To provide you with salvation. One each on the side of the room. So each of these uh, torches will stay lit for the first couple of waves of ads. But eventually they're going to go out. Because you know they're a torch. Or they're not torches. Well it's like a standing torch. Oh well yeah yeah you're right. Yeah the campfire. Yeah, yeah they're, they're campfires with torches right next to them. And you need to grab the torch and relight the fires. But you should only do this one at a time. And, yeah, we like to designate someone, normally it's me, to uh, light the flame, like, when as the rest of the group fights. And then when it gets low, like, I'll grab the, the, the torch and go on to the next one. Uh, for the first one that you do, like, normally, like, if you do, like, a round, like, you can uh, use the same torch onto that fire. You just have to wait for it to completely go out. And then... A sword healer would be extremely nice for this because who doesn't love a good sword healer streaking for a good purpose? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) There are many ads, including huge frost rolls, casters, and archers. 
it's very helpful if the tank has some sort of chains or uh, pole mechanic to draw the enemies into the group. Otherwise, you definitely want to have like a ranged interrupt to interrupt the archers, because or actually all archers in this or in this arena or in all the arenas to get rid of their nasty volley AOE because that hurts a lot. And then for bosses, you fight Yavni Frostskin and Kati Ice Turner. And then these bosses aren't too bad. Just focus on keeping them stacked together and make sure your fire doesn't go out. Ads will spawn at, at 50%, but other than that, it's a nice focus down burn. And then we like to burn the mage in the first because it's a mage. And mages are annoying, especially when they run away. Yeah, this one is, for some reason, we always seem to die here. Something happens with the cold, something... I don't know, someone always trips us up. We always end up with a death in the second stage. Sometimes we get by it, though. So, stage three. In the third stage, you will see a more swampy environment, and you should prepare yourselves to keep moving about. There are going to be poison clouds all over, and they're going to be a huge problem throughout the entire duration of this stage. you got to avoid them. They kill you far too quickly and when i say huge poison clouds i mean they're ridiculously huge try and like you know remember where they are and remember safe spots for you there's also gonna be you know of course ads the big one you want to look out for are the nareeds that spawn they should be your major target because they drop aoe's that deal all kinds of crazy damage and eat up pretty much the remaining space on the battlefield from all the other poison clouds so yeah, you got to be careful of those. Burn those down as quick as you can. You also have stranglers, which, yeah, everyone always hates stranglers. Every boss fight they're in, they're super annoying. They spawn all along the edges, and they'll pull group members to them. You can have DPS try and focus them down as they come, but they come kind of quick. It can be overwhelming and a little bit um, too much for the DPS to just try it might be faster or easier to just kill the things coming what we like to do is um, as soon as one gets pulled to them you make sure you kill it before you go and then we'll try and kill some extra ones along the way and with AoEs and stuff and it usually seems to work out pretty good yep, and then the stringers pop with the poison stuff too once you kill them so once you kill them make sure you move away from them fast Oh, okay. That's what you were writing. I see. Yeah, I knew there was something about them. It, yeah, you want to make sure you get them down and get the heck out of there. It's really important that they die and don't drag people through them or possibly into the poison. So for the bosses of this round, you have Noctaw and Shillin. And this is a lot like round two. These bosses aren't too bad, but there's a lot going on around you during this fight. We like to pull the bosses to one of the corners, like the one that has the least poison or an area you can stand in, and try to focus them down as quick as possible. The poison is still everywhere. you got to watch out for it. And the stranglers, they're not going to stop. So you just have to stay really focused and watch out for those things. Keep the bosses uh, burning down. They spawn ads at 75% and 40%. Your tank is going to hold them over there in the corner, and you guys are going to burn them down, watching out for the poison clouds. If the strangler pulls you away, you kill it and head back. This one isn't too horrible of a one. You should be able to escape this one without a death on vet if you guys stay very focused. Dogged, any, anything else to add about round three, stage three? Uh, no, that's some spout up. Uh, oh, you can find the uh, like little safe spots on like around the edges, which you'll like figure out when you're doing it. And then those are the big circle AOEs won't go there, so those are good places to hold the boss and burn it to. Nice. So with that, we are about halfway through, almost, and we wanted to take this little middle portion of our episode, as always, to remind you guys that we are part of the oh-so-wildly-popular Robots Radio Podcast Network, where if you go check us out at robotsradio.net, you can find so many awesome shows just like ours, and the best part of Robots Radio is that you know the quality is going to be very high. So, we'd love if you go check us out. 
You can find shows like us and other great shows like this one. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. All right, dog. So with that, why don't you drop the knowledge about stage four, which I titled The Spinners. Yes, yes, you did. So should I say the correct quote or what you put here? Uh, Do what you want to do, man. Do what makes your heart feels free. I don't know. Well, the quote is, the only way to change a slaver's mind is to drive a sword through it. (laughs) That is better. That's got to be one of the best quotes in Outer Scrolls Online, but not as good as Lyrian's quote of Flesh Action Arcstar Tools for the (laughs) Dim-Witted. Lyrinth is a tool for the dim-witted because she gets used by all kinds of danger. So. And that's debatable. But uh, <laughs> yeah, in this fight, we fight the house trays slavers, and they're not going to go down without a spinning fight. And let me tell you, they know how to spin to win better than most Stamdens do. Right, this stage is pretty easy. However, it can get extremely difficult very quickly. The house stray and slavers are going to come out and be your main focus of this entire stage. And then they need to be focused down immediately. And then, yeah, this, uh, the reason for this is like they'll attach a blue beam, which will do like a damage over time. But if you just tap the good old radiant regeneration, you'll be fine. And then after the beam is over, it'll place a shadow onto the player's location. So it's very important that when you see this beam, on you, you go to the outside of the arena and just place the spinner out in, in the outside so that it'll spin there forever until he goes away. And then these shadows do not need to be killed, just the main uh, enslaver. And then there's a bunch of other ads, but they're not that bad. This boss is Earth and Heart Knight, and then this is a Dragonite, so it's going to be very tanky, lots of health, uses magma armor. And then this is a tough fight. Mainly because of the, all the enslavers that go around and be annoying. And this is kind of like the first uh, thing where, like, it's like the it's the healing test, really. It's like the first little healing test of, of the dungeon. And, yeah, it's pretty easy. Just focus on the enslavers. Uh, my recommendation is you have, like, the uh, healer or an, and, like, one DPS maybe focusing on burning them as you have another DPS burning the boss. That way that you're not just continually killing the enslavers when they pop up. And that's about it. Yeah, that one is definitely a tough stage just because those spinners are so annoying if you don't understand them, at least. I remember when we finally like figured it out and understood that they would disappear and we could just put them in the right spot. Oh, it was life-changing. Yes. So, on to stage 5, this is going to be your halfway point once you finish this one. Upon entering this arena, you will see many runes spread across the ground in front of your group. Yes, these will be important. So, Shadow Casters is the name of the game in this arena. They are the big ads that you want to focus on immediately. They spawn every so often in the uh, corners of the room and straight ahead of you and the door where you came in i believe and if you burn them fast enough you can avoid their mechanic entirely more likely than not however you will not burn them fast enough in fact our group doesn't even do that unless we like pretty much know where it's gonna be on that time and are already there burning it it's very hard to get it burned down before it starts this mechanic and once it's done it then you're pretty like I've seen it go off even if you kill it so you got to be really careful with that if it's already like started it so at first it's only going to put on two of you but pretty much it's going to be four every time just not the first couple times so it's going to put this little AOE under your feet and that's the only way you could tell when it's only selecting two people if it is you you have to designate one of the 
runes that has a glowing mist and you go stand on it now when this is all four players there's gonna be four glowing runes and some of them might be really far my suggestion is let the tanks and healers get the closest ones have the dps run to the farthest if you do not get to it one on each one then you will explode and get one shot so you have to be very careful this is the main focus of this entire stage other than that you just got ads going off and then shadow casters spawning every now and again in the corners of the room so for the boss you have anala tuwa and this boss is can be frustrating to say the least you got shadow casters popping off normal ads popping off oh by the way this huge freaking gargoyle right in the middle of everything that comes down and the tank is going to have to hold the boss and the gargoyle, hopefully very tightly, so DPS can be ripping them down. But they're also going to have to be looking out for uh, shadow casters that whole time and getting on them immediately. And definitely communicating to the tank and healer when they need to move and get to the runes. So that's a big focus of this stage. This boss's ultimate is a DK standard. So, yeah, let me tell you, I wish my DK standard was this OP. It is bad. Get the heck out of there and do it quick. As long as the tank can keep the gargoyle and the boss together, and everyone pays close attention to the shadow casters this fight, I'm pretty sure you guys could easily conquer it. Even on vet, it just takes focus. This one's a hard one to get out of there without any deaths. It's a, it could be really tough because the shadow caster thing happens like boop really quick. So you got to be careful, but it's definitely doable. And that leads us on to stage six, dog. Yeah. So Bob says that this stage seriously sucks. And the reason why is that there's so many annoying ads and they're all big ads too. Like the werewolves, the spriggans, the lurchers. And they leave a large green AoE. I think it's like, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like a mix. So it's whatever your good and bad color is. So mine's blue and my, my good color is blue and my bad's red. So it leaves like a nice little purple AoE for me. But yeah, it just combines the two AoEs. The reason why it does both is because it does give you some like resources back, but it also steals your health. So yeah, you can take that for what you will, but, uh, I think you can only be in there for like one or two seconds, so def definitely don't let it stack high because it will kill you. And I've tried. You can't out heal it. And then there are god tier archers that will shoot you with a draining shot and take all your resources. And then this needs to be roll dodged, and this is kind of easy to see if uh, if he or like the boss, because the boss also has this. If they turn to you, then you should probably roll dodge. And then the boss is called Pishna Longshot. Uh, you know, as another god tier archer, and then he will need to be interrupted because he does the snipe, and then he also has a draining shot, which I just mentioned. And then big focus needs to be whenever the ad group spawn because you have to be looking for the interrupt and then roll dodge in the uh draining shot, which will take all your resources. And then when you also kill the ads, they'll uh like the werewolves and lurchers, spriggans, they'll drop that uh, nasty AoE that'll give you resources back, but you definitely want to... Yeah, the circles can stack, and if they stack and you go in there, you can just insta-die from it, which is not something you want to do. Yeah, this stage is... I don't know. Just these AoEs all over the ground, it is really, really bad. It can kill people really quick, so you really got to be careful there. Yeah. So, on to stage seven we go. I call this one The Pledges, because as you enter this stage, you can see it's spread out, as most have been, with three separate areas, one straight ahead and one to each side. These areas are where the Daedric Sacrifices will spawn, or as I call them, The Pledges. Because they are pledging themselves to a Daedric Prince to become a horrible monster. Yep, so you get the nice Fungal Grotto and the City of Ash 1 Pledge. 
And then you'll randomly get a nice City of Ash 2 pledge out of nowhere, and he has, like, triple the health, and if he gets there, he'll turn into something nasty. Yeah. And you don't want that to happen. Exactly. So we have our group designate one DPS to each side, and then our healer will stay on the other one, dogged, and luckily he has good DPS, so it isn't usually a problem where we need to go help him. But for some healers, that might be, so you guys need to communicate that. And especially if the healer gets the big sacrifice that Dog was talking about, then they're going to need help for sure. You need to kill these sacrifices before they reach their cauldron, or else they will transform. So you could get a Harvester, you could get a big, you know, Daedroth. But if you get the big pledge or sacrifice to transform he will transform to a huge ash titan and that is gonna be super annoying so yeah focus 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 on the daedric sacrifices the other ads are just ads not too bad as long as you guys focus on these this will go smoothly for you until you hit the boss at least and these bosses there's gonna be the shadow knight and the dark mage and they freaking suck the dark mage has a negate and Shadow Knight has a Nova. That's a pretty annoying combo. And by the way, Dark Mage can heal to 100% like ridiculously fast and if you don't interrupt them when they're healing. So that needs to be super focused by everyone because sometimes they'll just be like off in the corner healing up out of nowhere. For this reason, our group will generally focus down that one first if we can. You know, try and hold them as tight as possible, but... If you can focus one, I would say focus the the mage first. Now, the pledges, oh wait, I mean sacrifices, will continue to spawn the whole time. So you need to stay focused on those while also burning down the bosses. Now, there will be more big ones than ever during the boss fight. So you got to be really, really careful. And then in my experience... uh. The first big one will typically spawn right next to the two bosses by the gate, by the exit gate, and then the other, and then they uh, typically switch off between the other two sides after that. So, so if you uh, stay focused on all that, you know you got to keep looking out for the sacrifices. Get these two bosses down. Watch out for the negates. Watch out for the Nova. If you have Templars using Nova, you know it, it can be hard to tell what's going on. Even though I think I remember that they put some like negative looking thing on it, right, dog? Uh, you're supposed to. I haven't been in there since then, so that's true. I haven't checked, you know, in Dragonstar. So you just want to be careful for that, especially if you have a Templar using one in your group. Don't be like, oh, that's their Nova. I'm gonna synergize it. Oh god, I'm dying. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be surprised how easy that is to have happen. So, dogged. Why don't you tell them about Stage 8? So Stage 8, this is a Dwemer stage. So this, so you're going to be fighting a lot of Dwemer. And then a couple, and then other people too. But Dwemer, you know, they're Dwemer. Yeah, that's a good quote. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's uh, three specific types of Centurions. You have an Ice, a Fire, and a Greenish, Yellowish one. The ice is the worst, but you can stack the ice AoE and the fire AoE on top of each other, and it cancels out the damage. If you kill like the ice before you kill the fire, uh, you'll only get the fire AoE, so be sure that you kill them both at the same time. Sometimes the uh, one of the or the second AoE will take a little bit to spawn in, so make sure that you wait for both of them before you nuke them. And then this boss, the boss is Mavis, Town Aerith. And then this boss was a lot of damage. It also has all the Satyrians that will spawn up with the adds. And it can be pretty hectic if you don't get both the uh, Ice and Fire AoE to stack on top of each other. Because you have to outheal like the Spinning Centurion, which is the green one. And then, yeah, it's a big mess. Oh, and the, the boss also drops a Meteor. So if you hear a Meteor, and make sure that your DPS that might be running a Meteor signifies that. So that, you know... Bob over here just to get one-shotted by a meteor. Hey, man, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> but yeah, there's Adamage that spawns at 80% that will need to be taken out and because he'll drop in the gate. 
I was going to insert something here about, about Sorks. Sork smell. <laughs> but all I'm saying that, you know, if you have a friendly Sork healer, you, you could probably block it because, you know, Sork healers have negates. So you can negate the Battle Mage before he uses his negate. Or you can always hit him with the Shriek and he'll be on his knees until he's dead. He'll be taking a knee. Yep. Taking the knee of death. All right. So then stage nine. Go on, Bob. It's, this is all you. This is the last full stage, but unfortunately, it's a doozy. As you enter, you will see the holes all over the ground with hands clasping up towards you to drag you down to the under underworld. Now, these may seem like a normal AoE where you'll just get stuck and get hurt, but be careful, my friend. They are not. If you walk over one, even slightly... You will get ripped down to the underworld, and you will have to kill a ghost to get back up, and sometimes that can be kind of annoying. And yeah, this mechanic is going to become important later, as someone's going to have to go down. And that's going to be in the last wave before the boss. You're going to have to have someone go down to kill the uh, two mini-bosses. And then in the boss wave as well, the boss is going to get to 80%. And someone's going to have to go down to kill both ghosts down there at one time. I'd recommend going down around 85% to be prepared. This boss is Vampire Lord Thesa. And as you can assume, the ultimate here is a bat swarm. Now, just saying, Dogged, wouldn't it be freaking awesome if they went back into this fight with the release of Greymore and had this boss actually become a Vampire Blood Scion or whatever the heck we're going to be? I just think that that would be sick. I think no. <laughs> I do Why? Not wanna, I do not want to. I feel like if they did that, then I feel like you'd have to do more damage, and I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> Well, fair enough, but like it would be cool to it fight one. Cool go back and change the boss, just like make him look different. I do think that would be cool, though. And because I'm thinking, like, are we gonna get to fight a powerful, you know, blood scion vampire lord this year? And like, if there's not one in the trial, I mean, maybe there'll be one in the dungeons. These other ones in the story are gonna be. Just beat the crap out of them, yeah. So I want a a hard one, you know, somewhere in the game. But yeah, so she's got bat swarm. It's super OP. She's also got mist form. You gotta be watching out for her to go do that. You gotta go down, have the person designated to go down, kill both ghosts, then come back up and help kill the mini bosses, and then it's just turn back to the boss. As long as you guys are watching out for the holes, watching out for the uh, ultimates, I mean, this may, we may make it sound kind of easy. This one is tough. I mean, people die quick and the, you know, falling down, the thing happens way often. The holes are all over the place. And if you fall down there and have no resources and it could be a tough fight, sometimes the ghosts are annoying. And I don't know. It, it, this one is tough. This one could be... Really annoying to get through on your way to the final boss, especially when your group is tired and having a long run. God forbid you've been in there for hours at this point, but it is definitely possible. A lot of groups, you know, this is a long one. Even to go through this really fast, I mean, what, dog? Maybe like an hour and a half is probably his fastest, right? Like, I don't even yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, maybe like an hour, hour and a half. Nice, so... The door to the final stage has been opened. Alright. So, uh, for this final stage, you just have to fight the main boss. You don't have to deal with any ads. You do have to deal with him talking. So, there's that. Alright, but the main important thing is that you want to have a DPS or the healer. Uh, they should have a taunt so that they can pull the bosses that they want to fight at a certain amount of time. And then, so... In, when you start this fight, you want to have your healer and your DPS at the gate where you just came in and just stand there and wait. And then the tank will pull aggro of the boss and then lead him on the completely other end of the map. And he'll just tank the boss until he summons the, f the first flame at Shinnok. Then after the first flame at Shinnok spawns, you can bring 
the boss back over to the middle, and then the DPS and healer can go over to the middle. And then you want to burn the boss down to around 75%. You really want to go as far under as you can, because at 75%, he'll summon Champion Markhold and maybe his Tarnoth. And then this is kind of where we split off from like what Outcast does. Uh, normally what we do is that we'll pull the Sword and Board guy and pull him back to the entrance of the room. Uh, this guy has the healing circles, so I like to tank him in one corner. So like I'll be like on the entrance on a corner, like right next to the wall. And then whenever he drops his healing circle, I'll swap to the other corner. But the important thing is that you do not let that guy heal because you want to kill him as fast as possible so that you can go save your tank. Alright, so uh, when you kill him, uh, what the taunter will do is he'll go over to the tank, pull the main boss, and then bring him back to the entrance. Uh, there's a Templar in the group. You can use Vampire's Ban on the boss, so he is on fire. And then you can scream, burn, baby, burn, as you burn him down to 50%. At 50%, the boss will pull everyone in, except for the tank, as he might be too far for this pull. And then this will cause the group to explode. Uh, make sure that you have AoE heals or heals over, over time going. And then one thing that I kind of figure out the hard way is that if you have more health on one bar, be sure that you're on that bar. Because if you're on the bar with lower health, the explosion will kill you. So always make sure that you have the health with the most bar as your main bar when you're pulled in. And then also at 50%, the boss will summon Yavni Frostkin and the Dark Mage. And then the tank will come back and pull both of the new mini-bosses. So the tank should be holding the three mini-bosses and then go back to his corner of seclusion. So he is social distancing from the rest of the group with those three mini-bosses. Alright, after the explosion, you burn the boss down to 25% where he'll do the pull again and explode again. And again, make sure you have the healing ready and are on the bar with your most health so you don't end up like the NSEEK song and end up dead and being trolled by the boss singing bye-bye-bye to you. Oh my god. Man, that's like the third one. You finally answered. <laughs> I was just leaving the crickets to answer the other ones. Man. <laughs> All right, so post-explosion, you burn the boss to death. When he's dead, you can all sing We Are the Champions uh, as you rise into the heavens, which is really you're just rising out of the realm of oblivion. And then you loot your chest where you'll probably get a sword and shield or frost saves or stamina swords or maces and mauls and, or other weapons when you only play magicka characters. And then one stamina weapon you would possibly use on a sight blade build will never be given to you, and that is the bow. Yep. And that finally brings us, as Dogged is, you know, crying about here, to the VDSA weapons. Now, we didn't bring you here for no reason. These VDSA weapons are getting an update. Now, although that update is not finalized and it's coming out next week, we are going to give you what they were planning on. I don't think they're going to change too much. Maybe just the final numbers. But... Um, yeah, so we're going to start here with the two-handed, and it, when, okay, so let me back up here a bit. These weapons are special. They're the first weapons of their kind. They're a weapon set. So when you get a, either a maul or, say, a dual build, you will, when equipped, just the weapon itself or the two-piece weapons, the sword and shield or dual wield, etc., will give you a set buff. And there are only so many of these weapons in the game. They're usually gained from arenas. There is also one trial that gives uh, weapons like this, Asylum Sanctorum. The thing about these sets is that they pertain specifically to a skill so they will increase this certain skill in the uh pertaining skill tree two-handed destruction staff etc and yeah so with that 
The two-handed is going to increase direct damage cleave deals by 1550 for each enemy in its cone up to maximum 9000 damage increase. So yeah, cleave, two-handed ability, you swing it and it hits a few people in front of you. The more people you hit, it's going to do a lot more damage, up to 9000, which is a lot. And the perfected version they have slated in the PTS grants physical penetration. So I'm not going to give numbers because that's what might change more than anything. But yeah. So physical penetration plus all that extra damage is going to be really helpful. If that's something you use in PvP, like a couple cleaves, then a dizzy, that could be something you might want to mix in your rotation. Give you extra penetration. Could be really nice. Dog, I'll let you tell them all about the resto. Alright, so the initial healing of Grand Healing will restore 100 Magicka and Stamina allies every second for 4 seconds. I don't really like this, and this is kind of the same reason why I don't like Healing Springs. Is like I don't think it gives that much uh, Magicka and Stamina back. Especially when your uh, resto staff can be something different. So, yeah. If you do a dual dual resto staff build i think this might be more viable but i think most healers do one resto staff and then a lightning staff or some kind of damage staff nice and what about its perfected version all right and then the perfected version gives you max magica that's always nice kind of a basic thing to give but always nice all right on to dual wield so dual wield it is going to increase the damage twin slashes deals by 2102 each tick twin slashes is the dual wield bleed it is one of the very early on ones in the line you slice your enemy puts bleed damage on them and this increases it by 2000 each tick that's actually a pretty significant increase and the perfected version is going to increase your weapon critical rating. I like that. You know, if they're going to do perfected ones and make us go back and get them, they should do something good. And I, I like that the weapon crit damage for dual wield, and I like the uh, physical pen for two hand so far. I'm liking this. Yeah, I like it too. What about the bow, dog? So the bow, which is a great bow, and it's widely sought after as my little spiel at the end of Arena 10. But uh, this bow increases your weapon damage by 330 against targets affected by your poison arrow. And yeah, that's a pretty a pretty significant number, I feel, especially since it's a dot and you can easily just, you you know, hit hit that with a dot along with your other buffs and then switch to your main bar. and continue to murder somebody or something yeah this bow is legendary in pvp by all means oh and then the perfected bonus gives you extra weapon damage so there you go oh although i guess for the spray, probably wouldn't be on that bar so the extra weapon damage doesn't matter all that much but that's yeah. true but if you're uh Maybe, like, if your execute or whatever is on that bar. Like, yeah, if you're a Nightblade. But, I mean, it's probably going to be a small amount of weapon damage, but, hey, weapon damage is weapon damage. Especially for executes. Yeah. All right, so that is the bow for you guys. Master's bow, very sought after. Everyone, if you do VDSA, people are going to be like, oh, did anyone get the bow? <laughs> Almost guaranteed. So we also have the staves, which used to be extremely awesome, but are getting a very, very big nerf in the Greymore thing. So they used to reduce the cost of Destructive Touch by 30% and deal 600 spell damage for 4 seconds after casting it. However, the unfortunate thing about the patch notes is that they're bringing the uh, reduction of cost from 30% down to 10%. So in my eyes, it pretty much makes the staff useless. It used to make um, Destructive Touch a very cheap spam. It made it a spammable, 
was cheap and did a lot of damage. I thought it was a little bit OP, but not a lot of people used it, and you had to use it the right way to make it OP. And I'm pretty bummed to see that it's going to go down like that. But, you know, that's what happens. Things change. Uh, the perfected version is at least going to give you some extra spell damage. So, there's that, I guess. What about the uh, Sword and Shield Dog? Why don't you wrap it all up for us with a nice bow? Alright, so the Sword and Shield, it uh, when you deal damage with Puncture, you heal for around 6,000 6, health. Then you gain physical and spell resistance equal to the amount healed for three seconds. And then the perfected version grants up to 3% healing taken. That's interesting. Probably not something that a lot of tanks are going to need with the way heals work right now. But I mean, a puncture is something that a tank is always using. So, Yeah, I think this would be like a good self-heal if you don't run a run with a healer and you kind of just need something simple and cheap to just tap the boss and give you a nice little heal but for like the resistance buff it's like the cooldown or it only lasts for three seconds and i think in the pts it says five seconds so it's really not that great so but wrapping all this up hopefully you can get the weapon you want on your first or second attempt and you can sing sweet victory because you got the weapon that you wanted. Sweet, sweet victory, yeah. Now nah, I have to go watch that episode of SpongeBob. <laughs> I know, it's a great episode. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think that wrapped it up pretty nicely. I hope you guys really got some good information out of that. It's something we've been looking forward to doing for a while. It was on our list for a bit here. And we thought this was the perfect time to cross it off with all this new stuff coming to this old content. And yeah, uh, I think we did a pretty good time here. We wrapped things up pretty nicely. Not too bad. I think we got a lot of information out. Yeah. So, Dogged, now that you're finally back, and I don't have to do this, where can people find the show if they want to contact us, send us a message, or whatever? Yeah, well, as I kind of mentioned earlier, but you can find us on Twitter, on at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on our Xbox field of Heirs of the Red Diamond. You can find us on RobotsRadio.net, where you can easily join the Robots Radio Discord where we have our own tab inside the Discord for our uh, podcast, and you can talk to us there, too. Yep, and if you check our show notes, you can find a link to our merch store, where I continue to fill my house with more Red Diamond swag, because it is just so awesome. And um, you can also find a link to contact our music producer if you need any musical needs. If you have any musical needs. So, yeah. As far as me, I am Bob Chinsky everywhere. Bob Chinsky on Xbox. If you're looking for me on PC, PS4, Twitter, Twitch, or pretty much anywhere else is Bob underscore Chinsky. And I urge you guys to come hang out with us. Oh, and as far as one more thing about the show. If you guys can... uh, would take the time out of your day. I know it seems, uh, you know, pointless or whatever, but if you guys could give us five-star review anywhere you listen to us, especially on Apple Podcasts, that would really, it means the world to us. We love getting in there and seeing, even if there's no words involved. If you do leave words, we'll shout them out on the show. But also, just, uh, you know, as silly as it, may sound as well just telling even a friend that plays about the podcast or your guildies or anything just you know spreading the red diamond courier i don't want to say love but i'm gonna say it love everywhere and uh yeah we super appreciate all the support you guys give us in the first place and uh thank you for the continuance of that support so dogged Everyone knows where to find me. Where can they come shout at you? You can find me on Twitter or on Xbox of DogBark24. And then I'm on ESOPC of at DogBark24. And then you can come play with me somewhere. 
either Xbox or PC. Probably on Xbox. I'll spend most of my time there. Yeah. So we could play ESO or we could go shoot people and blow up their stuff in GTA. Well, there you go, guys. There you have it. Another episode of The Courier. I was realizing today, dog, episode 20 next week, big milestone, and it's the Graymore Patch Notes. It is, yeah. How about that? That's going to be an awesome episode. I'm super excited. Get a Patch Notes episode on episode 20 of all things. So thank you, dog, for uh, coming back this week, coming and hanging out. Missed you the last couple weeks. Glad to have you back. Thank you guys all for stopping in and listening to us again. Graymore, Graymore, Graymore. By the time you guys hear our voice next week, it will be out on PC. I hope you guys have a great weekend and just are gaming it the heck up next week in Skyrim. Have a good one. Peace out. Yep. See ya. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Are you worried you don't have all the answers? Have you ever found yourself in an internet rabbit hole? Call Call Mystery Mystery Time Time Live Live today. today! It's a new detective business. With plenty of heart. And a questionable track record. We're only in the office for an hour. Every Wednesday. Come hang out. Solve a mystery. It's a podcast. It's a live show. It's a swell time. Subscribe, Subscribe now. The producers of Mystery Time Live ask you not to take any advice or guidance out of hosting because they have no idea what they're doing. No mystery will actually be fully solved unless individualized by any outside source or sheer luck. You can find them live on the Twitch app and find their podcast player on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google, and iTunes. Listening may cause hurtful to your death or loss of sanity. We are sorry. This is probably legally by you, but you cannot do this.